everybody, welcome to The Ripple Effect. I'm Liz Ripple, and welcome to mini-sode number two. Yay! This time around, I got to hang with the word master, Mark Morris Jr., yet again. He was kind enough to uh, grace me with his wordy presence for a regular podcast interview. And this time around, we composed a story for you. Let us know how we did. Hello. Hello. Hey. How are you? I'm okay. How are you? I'm doing okay. I'm pretty excited about this. You are? What are we doing? So originally I was thinking Mad Libs, but I wasn't really completely sold on the idea and I couldn't find an appropriate app so I actually think that we should tell a story just a short one sure Um, a back and forth kind of deal Um, you can start because you're the guest tell me the rules um I don't think there are any really I mean, just, um, having done this, having done this a lot in drama classes, it works best if we agree to continue with whatever the other person feeds us rather than try to be like, yes, but, and change the story. Okay. Well, I, I, I think that's a good rule. We'll say that's our rule. Okay. Um, we have to follow at least marginally with what they, with what they start with. We can kind of play around with it from that point sounds good how much do you want um well we've got roughly 15 20 minutes okay so um we can go however long that'll that'll get us (laughs) okay sounds good oh boy (laughs) let's see i'm gonna have to come up with something to inspire me here though uh While you're while you're thinking, I'm just going to remind everybody that I'm here with Mark R. Morris Jr., who was kind enough to be my guest for my was it my second episode? It was my second episode. I believe so. Yeah. <laughs> um, and now he's back to play a game. All right, <clears throat> ready? I'm ready. There was a girl named Susan, and she was an orphan. She had no idea who her parents were. She had met her mother once when she was about three or four years old, and she lived in a home with a woman who basically forgot all about her except to leave food on the table. So she found a way to get herself into school and she found a way to make a life for herself, but she was very much alone until one day it was her birthday and she didn't, she didn't realize that it was her birthday because no one had ever told her when her birthday was, but she found this out because someone approached her, a man 
he was wearing an old fashioned suit and he had the strings of what looked like balloons at first. And he brought them to Susan and he said, Susan, I want you to know that today you are 18 years old. You are a woman and your father left these with me and asked me to give them to you on your 18th birthday. So Susan took the string and she said, thank you. Thank you so much. You knew my father. He said, well, I didn't really know anything about him. I'm, I run a post office and people leave things with us from time to time. And this was an unusual request. And so I took these home and I've kept them for you all this time. So I only met him one time and she was very disappointed that he couldn't answer any questions for her. And then the man tipped his hat and he turned around and he walked away. And Susan was left wondering what she should do. So she walked along and after a while she started looking up at the balloons. And the more she looked at them, the more she realized how peculiar they were because they were completely round, like spheres. And after a little bit, she grabbed the string and she pulled them down closer where she could get a good view. And it was it was a, a hard job to do because they really were pretty stout. They were floating strongly and she thought that's odd because he's had them for all these years and as she pulled them down she recognized that each of them was actually a planet with its own clouds its own oceans and she just felt like if she could get close enough she'd even see tiny people she had no idea what to do with this your turn Oh man, I want to hear more of your story. <laughs> okay. Oh, let's see. Planets. Oh, that's good. Um so Susan was on her way to work. Um, and she didn't know what to do with her newfound uh, planets. So she took them with her to work and she hid them in the broom closet. She left the light on because she was consumed with the idea that there were people on these planets and she was afraid to leave them in the dark. So she hid them away in the, in the, in the closet and um, any opportunity she got, she would sneak back and kind of peek in and, and look at them. And, you know, finally her, her shift was over and she hurried home with her balloon planets and raced upstairs and closed the door and, she took each one and pulled them slowly to her and tried to kind of see if she could see any people on them. And she couldn't, she couldn't tell if they were people, they were so small, but she could see movement. And so she had to get a magnifying glass and... Basically, she spent the afternoon 
with the magnifying glass going over each planet and eventually um anytime that she saw movement she would try to to hone in on it and the movements would stop or disappear and she couldn't figure out you know where where the things that were moving were going to and finally she found one and she kind of put her hand down on on the planet and made like a scooping motion and her hand came away with like like dirt but it was very very fine and it kind of fell through her fingers and then when her hand when all of the sand was empty from her hand there was a tiny tiny little what looked like maybe an ant in her hand and she took the magnifying glass and she held it up and there was a tiny little creature in her hand and it was very angry and now it's your turn so susan had no idea what to do she attempted to return this creature to its planet but in the process much like earth the planet has an atmosphere and the poor little creature sizzled in her hand. And she felt just horrible because now she had not only interrupted the lives of whatever lived on this planet, no telling how many she'd crushed in the process of picking up this one, but now she had singed this poor creature to death. She didn't know what to do. She only had one friend in the whole world. His name was Albert. And she had purchased for herself a little pay-by-the-minute cell phone just about a year previously when she'd gotten her job and she had a few minutes left and she knew that if she called Albert, maybe he would have some ideas because he was very smart. So she called Albert on the phone. She said, Albert, you are not going to believe what's going on over here. And he said, what's going on over there? And she said, well, I, I can't even really explain it. You'll think I'm insane. So you just need to come right away. And Albert said, well, okay, let me finish my dinner and I'll come over. And he said, is the woman there? And she said, I think so. He said, well, I'll climb up. I'll climb up the trellis and come in through your window. So he came in through the window. And when he did, he looked around the room and Susan was sitting there and she had the balloons just kind of drifting up over her head. And he said, those are nice balloons. Where did you get those? And she said, they're not balloons. They're planets. And he laughed. And he said, what are you talking about? She said, I'm, I'm serious. They have ecosystems. There's oceans. I've, I've put my fingers in, in the ocean. I think I touched something that was like a, a whale. I don't know. I, I pulled a tiny creature off, though, at one point. I mean, it was so small, like a mite or something. And when I tried to put it back, it just burned to death. And Albert looked at her, and he had this look on his face like oh my gosh you've slipped your <laughs> you've completely slipped your cord you're you're gone you're done you're you're crazy and he but he didn't say anything he just walked over and he pulled up a chair and he climbed up onto the chair and he got up next to the balloons and he started looking and he said holy cow you're right she said what do i do with them and he goes 
Well, I don't know. He said, the only experience I have with anything remotely like this is reading Horton Here's a Who when I was a kid. You know, he found this death spot and it had all of these tiny little Who's on it. And she said, well, this is much bigger than that. We've got an entire galaxy here and I don't know what to do with them. And he said, well, I think perhaps the only thing that we can do is set them free. And she said, what do you mean? He said, well, are you prepared to be God to an entire galaxy of tiny little creatures? And she said, well, no, of course I'm not. I'm an 18-year-old girl who has no idea who I am. I work at a dry cleaners for crying out loud. He said, well, then what else do you suggest? And she said, maybe we could take them to the university and talk to the science department. And so that is what they did. Now you get to finish it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, they went to the university and they, they met with a uh, professor there who um, was in charge of the planetarium and the, um, the science department. And, he at first he dismissed them and kind of you know kindly shook his head you know oh of course planets we can we can talk about planets another day but i'm late for an appointment and they were you know very insistent and they said no no we have we have a whole galaxy here of planets that nobody knows about and um you know they showed him the planets and and he did the same thing that that albert did he he got up on a chair and they kind of held it steady for him because he was an older person and and he peered closely into one of them and he could see something moving in what looked like water and he was amazed and and he started to to stutter and and Oh, this is this is just wonderful, and and oh, we've 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 got to contact the the science journals, and and Susan became alarmed. She um, she'd read enough science fiction stories to know that um, it probably wouldn't end well for the planets if if too many people found out about them. So she grabbed Albert's hand and was like, oh, um, we've taken up enough of your time. We really have to go. And they kind of ran out of the office and and went as quick as they could off of the university uh, grounds. And uh, they drove out to a popular hangout that was a, a cliff that overlooked the city and you know Albert said well now what are we going to do and Susan said what if we just let the strings go we just cut them and let them go and he said well what would happen will they survive and Susan said, I don't know, but I don't think they'll survive here. Um, if someone finds out about them, they might, you know, try to 
study them or test them or do something to them. And I don't want them to be hurt. So I think we should just let them go. And so they cut the string. And one by one, each planet slowly floated up. And she expected them to go, you know, up into space. But they didn't. They just kind of floated up, you know, into the sky. And she could see them kind of floating amongst the clouds if she, you know, squinted. And, uh, she grabbed, she grabbed a camera that, that Albert had, and she tried to kind of zoom in and take pictures, but all she could see when she took the pictures were little dots of light. And that's all she had left of her planets. And this has been World on a String by Mark and Liz. <laughs> I think I think it has good bones. I think if, if we had more than uh, 15, 20 minutes, I think we could actually make that into something oh, yeah. really I think good. So. It, 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 I really like the whole planets on a string well, idea. That wasn't completely original. I cheated. I went to Pixabay and looked at inspirational images. And there is a picture. I'll send you. I'll send you the picture. It's a girl uh, who is standing, and she has a suitcase in hand, and she's looking out at a night sky, and she has four planets on strings. Oh, so. okay. <laughs> That's where all the best ideas come from. You steal them. Hey, hey! You know, there's nothing wrong with inspiration. No. I mean. It started out as, as a picture, but we gave it a little bit more Absolutely. life. And I've done that with poetry too. Used a picture and and written a, a poem based on based on a picture. So I mean that's all that's all inspiration is anyway, is just playing off of each yep. other. I'm I'm writing a whole series <laughs> on creativity right now, actually. Well, I'm sharing stuff. It's it, well, I am writing some of it. It's coming out of a book that I wrote. Uh, so it's gonna be coming up. The next few days on LinkedIn. So fun stuff. I look forward yeah. to that. Well, thank you very much for hanging out with me and, and writing a story thank with me. Thank you for inviting me. Well, not I'm, writing, I'm I guess. Yeah. Speaking a story. It's, <laughs> it's writing. It absolutely is writing. Yeah. Well, thank you, Liz. Well, thank you very much. You, you guys, you have a good day. You have a great day. You too. Bye.